Welcome, welcome, welcome to Basketball Heads Live. I'm your host, Glenn Poole Harding. And tonight, we have a very special guest. This basketball head comes straight out of Southside, Jamaica, Queens. This Hillcrest High School great and all-city performer from the class of 1978 and 79. Word on the street, he was a walking bucket. He would get his early training in basketball fundamentals from legendary Brooklyn coach Gil Reynolds. May he rest in peace. Once this basketball head put it all together, he was able to dominate at Hillcrest. After graduation, he attended Rutgers University and became part of one of the greatest teams in Rutgers University history. His 1982-83 Rutgers Knights was the last team to win an NCAA tournament game. And that has not been done ever since. After his college basketball days were over, this basketball head began an extensive 25-year coaching career and has played a crucial role in over 68 players, receiving scholarships in major programs and professional careers overseas, including five in the NBA. Now this basketball head serves as head coach at Brookdale College in New Jersey. Oh yeah, he looking for a few girl ballers. Without further ado, help me welcome to the show, Hillcrest High School great and Rutgers University standout, and now head coach at Brookdale College. Let's all welcome my guy, Coach. Rich Brunson. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? ready? Yes. 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 You have you just stepped out into the world, world of chaos. chaos. Where everybody, Where everybody goes, goes hard. What's going on, my guy? How you feeling, brother? How you making out? I'm doing well, doing well. Holly, blessing, favor, my brother. Hey, man, look, man. They say you're doing it better than the first take, my man. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. Looking good, looking good. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, hey, uh, hey, you got your guy, Rich Combs, in the building. Hey, real cool. Always supporting. I appreciate you, Rick, for making this happen. No doubt. What up, Spice? Spice, Gil Patrick in the building. So I want to jump right into this because I know you got your workouts going on right now. Um, who introduced you to the game? Oh man! Hey, before we even get started, man, let me let me give a shout out to my man Rick, man, because when Rick told me about you, man, and it would be a great thing to broadcast what I'm doing. Hey, without that key, man, this car ain't starting. So big up my man Rick Combs, man, for bringing us together. Facts, facts, facts. No doubt. No doubt. How it started for me? Oh man. I wanna, I wanna say probably, Glenn, maybe the fourth or fifth grade, brother, at PS40 in Jamaica Queens, Southside, 
and me and a couple of my friends, man, Derek Hawkins and Tyrone Edwards, we were thick as thins, man. So what happened was we made our first fifth grade team. I remember that. And basketball was just love for us, man. It was like, you know, it was in the neighborhood, the OGs raised us. So it was pretty much like I was like a buffer, like in the movie The Godfather, I was a buffer. So I just sat down, and when the ball rolled out, the OGs said, hey, go get it. Off the ball, went on the track, Long Island Railroad track. We jumped up and got the basketball. But more importantly, I look back on it, it was just really a, a learning lesson watching the old head. And I think kids today don't really learn basketball by watching. There's too much videos right now. But back then, we sat back, we watched them play, and we learned. So it was a good experience. So I would say yeah, about man. Yeah, and you know what's so crazy, right? I got a few guys that uh, grew up in 40, and I'm from Brooklyn, right? <laughs> so when I look, when I looked on the sign, it says South Jamaica Houses. Yeah. And I'm going, yo, he was going, nah, yo, G, the, the majority of everybody who lived in South Jamaica Houses went to PS40. Absolutely, absolutely. He said, that's where all the park jams were. That's where we held the neighborhood functions. Yes. yes. So I was like, oh, shit. So it just naturally became 40 Projects. Right. Right? You just put it all together. And you know what, man? We It was like a city within a city. So, you know, from that fifth grade moment, man, you know, I was introduced by my brother playing basketball, watching those guys, like I said. And then uh, it transformed to junior high school where it's only two grades, seventh and eight. And from there, you know, my first tournament was probably – I want to say citywide. Montebello Park. Citywide. Yo, first of all, yeah. let's salute. Five. I need to find out who started that tournament because a lot of us benefited from that tournament. I don't know who started. Where, where, did, your, where did your tournament take place at? In Queens? Was it in Queens? At Montebello Park. The Bello. The Bello. That's where it started, man. It was a guy by the name of uh, Howie and Mr. Alexander. That's all I knew. I was in my, my project playing ball behind the, behind the houses, and these two guys walked through, and they watched us about a half hour. And and they came up to us and said, hey, man, you guys are pretty good. You want to play on the team? And we was like, sure. And I'll never forget that, man. He gave me the address, and my, my dad took me, and that was it, man. Montebello Park, probably about 12 years old. That's where it started. Wow. Yeah. And that's one of the parks that I visited. I visited a few parks. Soul of the Hole, uh, Rucker, uh, 145th and Lennox. Ooh. I even went down the block to Boise yesteryear. Now, I'm going to tell you something. After Montebello, when things took off, it was almost as if Brooklyn uh, baptized me because I met the Godfather. I met the Godfather, Gil Reynolds. And after that, man, it was just like it got crazy for me. I was playing in parts I never even heard of. Roberto Clemente. <laughs> The BRP, right. you know, all we knew back then, man, put the phone up and Gil Reynolds was giving us addresses how to take the train. Take the train ahead or one train ahead. And when you came out, you was right there and you balled. So we had those four days, man. Those four games on Saturday morning, the blacktop at the Rucker when I was 13. It just got crazy, man. So it was like you weren't really about the accolades back then because you got better every week because everybody wasn't about who made this, who made that, everybody was giving it to you. And where you came from, you knew everybody moved. So your homeboys were just like the starter. 
You know right, what right, you right. to do. But when you went to Brooklyn or the Bronx, it was different. You had to figure it out. And that's what I think a lot of New York ball players got better at, just playing against different talent and nonstop, the speed, 100 miles an hour. And it's just, hey, man, it's, it's New York is beautiful. Yes, man. I want to salute Paul Scurry, who's in the building. Um, My man Scurry. You know, yes, definitely. You know, some of the things that we went through as youngsters, you know, it was it was like a rite of passage playing with the older guys, waiting your turn. Oh. You know, we talk about this all the time. Knowing, knowing if you lose, you may not get on the court unless you was good and prove to the OGs you deserve a second chance. If not, you might as well pack it up. Hey, Glenn, I don't know how, how you came up, but this is what happened to me. You had to wait your turn. So you sat there for about three, four months watching the OGs, and then when one guy wouldn't make it, they look at you and say, okay, young boy, come on. Then they got in that huddle and say, don't you shoot that ball. And you'd be like, what? Right, right, right. All you do is pass the ball to us. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. But that one time, man, I was open. I said, man, I'm shooting this rock. And that ball went in. They was like, okay, he ready. So that's how it was. Right. Because you got to understand. That's, I that's, that's that process. One of the biggest yeah. families in Queens, the Edwards family. You know, garbage and so Hold on. We talking, about, we talking about Doug Edwards' family? We talking about Doug Edwards and Ron Edwards? Yeah, 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 right there. Matter of fact, you know, Dave Edwards, rest his soul. You know, his uncles are, to this day, my best friend, Bo Edwards. Play that Jackson. Wow. But that whole that whole crew back there, man. The Edwards family, Big Dave, Cowhead, uh, Rob, you know, and Van Bruin. Just watching those guys in action, man, was like like you know front row. So that was my real first lesson watching the OGs, guys like Tony Brown, uh, 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 Stand of Man's. Uh, then you had guys you didn't even know their names. You just know the nicknames, Spider. You know. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 That's so true. Yeah. That's so true. You know the nickname. And, and I want to go yeah. back for a few. Yeah. And I want to go back for a minute because you mentioned coming to Brooklyn. And me and my guys from Brooklyn, we always have this big thing about guys from other boroughs not coming to Brooklyn and play. And those who do come to Brooklyn, they kind of benefit when they go back to their neighborhood. No doubt. Right? No doubt. No so, doubt. But hearing that you was doing that early on changes everything. And see, this is, you know, how you ended up being one of the best players, being all city, because you wasn't just stuck in your neighborhood. I, I think, you know, from junior high school and, you know, wrestling so uh, Chuck Granby, that was one of the schools I was going to go to because by right, I grew up in the project and all my boys, Bo Edwards, Derek Hawkins, Derek Germany, all those guys went to Jackson. And they was like, yo, why, how come you ain't coming with us? So my older brother was like, you know, Hillcrest is brand new. He was three years old. He said, listen, man, you need to go to Hillcrest. You make a name for yourself. If you go to Jackson, you know, you're going to be like, you're going to play freshman team first, then graduate the JV, then varsity. So I went to Hillcrest, made varsity my freshman year, and played the OG, Anthony Samuels, Dana Mitchell, all those guys. So I took a good route. But if I went, went to Jackson, things would have been different, I thought. Yeah, you'd probably been another horse in the stable. Yeah, yeah. You know, waiting your turn, and had at Hillcrest, you know, you get to write your own story. And I, and I tell a you, lot of kids don't think like that. A lot of kids want to go where the hype is. They want to go to Windsor. And something I 
I remember uh who was it? Uh Corey Homicide Williams. Ooh. Right? I had him on during season one. And he said, Yo, G, when I went out to Rucker, I made sure I was on the weakest teams. Ooh. Right? Because dudes is going to play with the hype. If I play with the weakest team, I get all the shots. I get all the shine. Right. No I get to make and write my own story. Yes, yes, yes. And now he's the Stephen A. Smith of Australia basketball. Absolutely, absolutely. You know what? Creating your own niche, similar to what you did. You know, going to Hillcrest, it was like making that team as a freshman was good. But all my homeboys, like at another school, but it was good. It, it, it taught me a lot because I tell you, man, I, my sophomore year is when it took off. I started varsity, and by the time I was a junior, senior, what lifted my game, I started getting double team every game. So when you're getting double team the whole season, every game, brother, come on. And you're <laughs> stopping 28-30. Come on, what is it? So, so hold on. And your junior, senior year, you have is 28-30? and 30? I didn't average 28-30. I think I averaged 22 my junior year. I actually averaged less my senior year because the scholarship was already in the bag my junior year. So I want to take care of the homeboys on my team because they didn't get no scholarships yet. So, you know, you know how it is back home. Wow. Yo, Rich, man, look, you already said, look at my brother like that. So that's what it was. My junior year, I was already set. So my senior year, I put it in third gear and just cruise a little bit. Wow. Salute to my guy, Al Rich, in the building. We're going to make that happen soon. So when you was coming up, who was the best player in the neighborhood? In the neighborhood or New York? <laughs> we're going we gonna to get to there. We're going to get to New York. But right now, we just talking about in your area where you live. In my project, the best is... I'm going with that guy, R.B., man, Rich Brunson. I got to go with him. I got now, if you say... Ain't nothing wrong with that. Did, did you come up with Vern Fleming? Okay, that's what I'm saying. Now, now, I remember going to the uh, Queens Boulevard, the Lost Battalion, me and my boys, like I said, from Jackson, we about maybe 14, and Howie and Mr. Alexander took us there and said, we're going to play against these other kids. They're pretty good. We ain't worrying about none of that. We said, all right, let's, let's see what's up. We get to the Lost Battalion, and these guys, man, on that way back home, we ain't say a word to each other. These guys beat us by like 25, 30. So a couple years later, when we all met up again, that's who it was. It was Vic Fleming, Vern Fleming, Gene Waldron. And to this day, we're good friends, man. But that was the introduction. And I said, Woo! Hey, Woo! listen, no. Frank Mickens was, it was crazy. But those guys, you could tell, they had a different style than us. They were a little more seasoned. They played together well. We were a little more conservative coming from, you know, but it was like, that was the first whooping I got that I, I ain't come out for a whole week. I stayed in the house, bro. I was like, man, I can't believe that happened to me. But Yo, this is crazy. Yo, Vern Fleming, we need, I, we need to get him on the show. Oh, no bro, doubt. he is one of the most underrated He's one of the most underrated players in NBA history. No and 
Listen, you know, during all his 12 seasons, he never received a tech. I know, I know. Hey, look, very humble brother. Did big things. I can tell you a million stories, man, because like I said, when I, when I, when I got baptized by Brooklyn, man, that was like my second family because I played with all those guys from that point on with Vic, Gary Springer, uh, 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 Vern, um, Sidney Green, uh, downtown Freddie Brown. You know, uh, we all got together, man, played that Brooklyn USA team, went down to Baltimore and Ohio. And I was the only Queens guy, man. It was like, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. Wow. Uh, C Boogie said, Big Mac Millen, Mac, uh, Big Mac McMillan from Holy Cross. Oh, man, Glenn Mac. I think his hands are bigger than Dr. J. Yes, I know, I know Glenn McMillan. Yes. I think yes. his hands were bigger than Dr. J's, I think. Yes. Glenn, Definitely. I remember Glenn McMillan. The big, he had the biggest hands. He could cover your face. Come on, man. I was a young boy. Yeah, definitely. The, Glenn McMillan. The original Globe Trotter. Wow. Yeah, Glenn had those big hands, man. He's a, he's a holder. And fake the ball like that to you. Yeah, he was crazy with that. And you can't forget my man from Matter Christie, uh, Phil Smith, the New Mexico. Yeah, definitely. You had little Phil Smith. You have my man from uh, Mount Vernon, Rodney McCray. We met up in an all-star game in uh, Buffalo. Uh, who else? Uh, you know, man, it was like like all those guys that I, I rubbed shoulders with. I was glad. You know, I know I'm going ahead of myself, but, you know, that 83. It's all good. It's all good. That 83 year, my senior year at Rutgers, you know, when, when things were, the doors were shutting, I was just happy to see all those guys that I, I was rubbing shoulders with get, go to that draft. <laughs> you know, Greg Hines, uh, my man, uh, Kevin Williams from St. John's. My boy Stu Granger, you know, I was just happy to see those names that draft that year. It was, it was crazy. Yes, yeah. let me let me tell you a story about Kevin Williams. <laughs> My first time seeing Kevin Williams and Sam Worthington play, Ooh. playing at City College, and Sam gets the ball and he's dribbling between his legs, coming up court, and the announcers just telling everybody just scream, Sam, yeah. Sam. So every time we yell Sam, he just threw it between his legs. And Kevin Williams reached. He shook Kevin <laughs> Williams. Know, I already know what happened. Threw it behind his back. Kev slipped. His pumas came off. I'll never forget this. Spinning at half court. Yeah, yeah. Sam Worthy goes down, spin the ball on his finger, roll it down his arm, and throw it behind his neck to Ken Bannister. Ken Bannister catches it with one hand and throws it down. The bleachers just emptied out to the floor. One of the most craziest things I've ever seen in my life, and it happened in 1985. Wow. I tell you, man, this basketball world, man, is crazy. It, it, it goes full circle, and I'm yeah. just blessed, man, to be able to rub shoulders with guys. And even today, I'm meeting guys now that I played with years ago but didn't really have a relationship. Right, right. Like, I, I'm, I'm like about maybe a year ago. I'm back in BRC, playing the 15 over league. You know, and see my boy Freddie Brown, all them, and Larry Washington. You know, I'm seeing those guys, man. So it was like this, it's just good, man, to see that and the love and what you're doing is, is special too. So thank you, man. Appreciate you. But me and Kevin, so, Wade, man, we we go back a long way. Me and Kevin actually met on my very first college visit. Mm. And oh, we gonna we gonna get there, but we gonna get there, but because we gonna go through all the colleges you visited, everything. 
right? Did you have any mentors growing up? Was anybody in the neighborhood, you know, there looking out for you, guiding you along the way? The OGs, the old heads. You know, those are guys who never made the NBA, probably didn't get a, a, a D1 scholarship or anything, but those were the guys who started for me, at least. And like I said, I was a buffer. I sat there. I knew I couldn't get in the games. So I sat in that bench watching them sometimes three, four hours, just watching them. And for me, I think that helped my game mentally because it wasn't more athleticism, but I was more mental part of the game was, was working for me. From watching those guys and just analyzing everything they did, and by the time it started getting dark and they left, then I had about 10 minutes to do everything I can before I go upstairs. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So I did all wow. I did three hours of work in about 10, 15 minutes. You know, so it was, I got to say the old heads, man. So, you know, God bless Abadab from 40 Project. I mean, you know, it was, and like I said, the Edwards family, watching those older guys, man, play. You know, because back then, you know, I came from a, 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 a strict household, so it wasn't like I could venture off in different boroughs and watching other guys or, you know, my mother ran a tight ship. So the only ball I really saw was right there in the neighborhood. And and as I got older, like I said, Brooklyn embraced me and, and the rest of the history. So what year did you meet uh, the legendary coach Gil Reynolds? What year was that? Oh, man. Gil Reynolds had to be, you know, us OGs, man. You got to give us a minute because, you know, we – we remember. But take your time. Take life. your time, fam. <laughs> it had to be. Let me see. Let me take you back a little bit. Because I do remember when I left junior high school at INC, that's when the St. John's era started, where they had a summer camp. And I remember going to St. John's like about maybe 70, 74, 75, and meet the legendary Lou Connor Secker as a, as a camper. And that, that whole starting five, that team back then, was my first glimpse of watching college basketball. St. John's was like was like the, uh, uh, the, the college team for us. Yes, yes, definitely. You know what I'm saying? So you had guys like Frank Elijah, Beaver Smith, uh, 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 Ed Searcy. You know, all those guys, man, was, was like just watching them every day. The camp play, when camp was over, was like the start. And then after that, you know, I, I met Gil Reynolds, and from there, he just took us all over New York, playing everywhere. And, and I don't think we lost maybe two games the whole summer. Because we had, it was different guys from different boroughs. You had me, you had Sidney Green, you had Fred Brown, you had, you had uh, uh, Larry Smith. So it was, it was a Yo, 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 you name these guys like they just regular. Slow down, please. I'm telling you, man, it was. Brother, it was these names is crazy. Hey, listen. He would have us playing at West 4th Street at 8 in the morning. Then we go to the subway. Next thing you know, you're out of Brooklyn. Go to Clemente Park, another game. And then you get the Rutgers game. Three hours later, it was crazy. And I'll never forget this. I tell the story a lot. Saturday morning, we get the Rutgers. It's an 8 o'clock game. And there's one guy sitting in the bleachers by himself. I'm sorry, too. One guy had a beard, and it was, uh, I don't know if you remember the show, but it was called uh, The Monsters. Was your grandpa? Yeah, oh, I got a story about him, too. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, he's a big basketball fan. So he's 
So let me see now. So so grandpa's sitting there, the white beard, and next to him was a guy who looked a little bit like you. And guess who he was? Who's that? Like I said before, now we don't know name, we know nickname, right? Okay, I'm gonna give you the nickname. Freddy's dead in the Superfly movie. Oh, yeah, I know you're talking about, I don't, I don't know the actor's name, but yes, yes, yes. And he had a dark sheet on everything from the movies, and I was like, and it was crazy, man, but we had guys like that, man, that we saw on TV, like Kojak with the lollipop, he came out right. of man, it was, it was like, you know, that was New York. That was yeah. New York, that was New York. So, we had fun, man. Well, listen, we had I'm fun. in New Hampshire, my senior year, playing at MCI Prep School. We playing in... Some tournament in New Hampshire. Me, and my guy Perry Carter, and Roger Lewis. We was kind of the three best players. For some reason, we had caught talking. Right, right. And I hear someone goes, Holly, Carter, Lewis, here. Yeah, yeah. He's waving. <laughs> we it's a lot of people we don't know who's calling. Right, right, right. He comes onto the floor, cigar and all. We was like, oh shit, took for the horses. Yeah. We had no clue that he was a big basketball fan. And he was dealing with three chicks. Right, right. Oh, he had to be already like 60 something already. Yeah. He had three young young things with him. Basketball legend, man. You're legend. Let me tell you. Pete, you have no idea who's watching you. Right, absolutely. That's real talk. Absolutely. And he made an impression on me. Crazy, 1987, never forget it. In New Hampshire. Uh, you know, back then you had, you know, it, it, it's almost as if that era, and I compare it to now, whereas we had about eight or 10 different voices in our heads. Yes, yes. But now, these kids today, they got eight, ten voices, but they go in circles. Because you got three trainers, uncle over here, uncle over here showing me, AAU coach showing me this. So it is, it's too much to juggle unless you got A1 prime B player. But today, man, it's just, you know, these kids, man, it's just, they just need one or two voices, man. Stick to your routine. And it's almost easy now to get a scholarship than, than back in my day because nobody's really working hard. I don't know, bro. I don't think a kid who made second, third team all city and he's going to Rutgers. Absolutely. That's not happening. Listen, Rolando Blackman, second team all city or third team, similar. He went to Kansas State. That's not happening today. A kid who's making first team all city probably not going to Kansas State. Right, right, right. It's a it's a whole different ball game. Mm, mm. So uh, listen, I, I was doing some research on Queens a couple of years ago, and there was I don't know how familiar you are. Go a little off track on basketball, but it all makes sense. Uh, during the time of the early 70s uh, with a guy named Pop Freeman who got in trouble with Harlem and moved to South Jamaica. What's his name? Pop Freeman. 
Okay, okay. He's a gangster. Okay. Or was. Old time, he was down with, you know, with the mob, whatever, got a trouble all, and moved to South Jamaica, and that's when the numbers and yeah, yeah, yeah. the heroin kind of changed the dynamics of what South Jamaica was. Right. Right? How was South Jamaica when you was growing up as a kid? It was rough. It was it was it was rough. But the basketball guard and, and, and the OGs they embraced me. I was like the golden child. But but it was rough. I saw a lot of things, and you know it was it was a lot of my friends that are here today. Right. And, but it, it was it was one of those things, man, where basketball was an outlet for me, and you know. Father worked two jobs, mother was home, and you know, I was good in school and, and, and basketball was my outlet, man. But it was it was as far as the neighborhood, I wasn't afraid of it. Cause like I said, I was I was that guy. You know, so they took care of me. You know, I mean the the from the from the guy who had all the money, from the guy who was leaning on the corner. When he saw me, it was like, you know, we woke up. You know, so he was like, you know, protect this kid right here. So I, I, it was a lot of love, a lot of love for me, you know. So, it was, but now, ooh, this ball, okay. this ball, this yeah. ball did that for you. Yes, yes. You didn't have to knock anybody out. Mm -hmm. You didn't have to sell drugs, right? You didn't have to hold the gun for the dude. You just had to be consistent in doing this, right, right, That's and right. giving other people hope. I tell you what, it was you know one thing that was <laughs> negative. You know, it was like when those envelopes started coming in the mail about them schools. And I'm saying, well, when we gonna meet the coach? And I was like, well, I don't know. They, they, might, they might not want to come here. I mean, they, they sent the envelopes, but they, well, I want to meet them. So it was, that, it was that kind of thing too. They were, you know, they were. If they came to your crib, they were serious. If they came to your house, oh man, yeah. Listen, Ephraim Whitehead. Who used to play at Grady? He said, "Gee, my mother knew Jack Wrangle was serious about me going to Grady. He was getting recruited in eighth grade. Wow! He was one of the top eighth graders. Sam Raw Phelps and Lawrence Bud Pollard, those three in Brooklyn. Right, right. He said when Jack Wrangle came to his home, he knew he was serious, and that led to him saying that about his college coach." If his college, the dude who wanted to recruit him came to his neighborhood, he had a shot to get him. Wow. I tell you what, man. Hold on. Hold on for a sec. Go ahead. Hold on for a sec. Hold on for a sec. Sorry about that. You good? You good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my uh my artist can't come tonight, but he makes sure that you got your picture, so okay. you know what I'm saying? We good, we good on that. Give it so, out goodies too, huh? Huh? Give it out goodies, huh? Okay. It's what we do, man. It's what we do. We spread the love. That's all we try to do. So who are some of the guys that was in your team on Hellcrest? Let's show them some love tonight. Uh Ben Gibson, Ben Gardner Hire, 
Tyrone Stewart, Hector Garcia. You know, we had a we had an all around team. You know, we we, we held our own and uh, played a pretty good team. I mean, uh, you had the Springfield uh, was in there. You had teams like Van Buren was tough. Uh, August Martin. You know, and it was to be honest. I think the toughest team for me was probably maybe Cardoza and probably Springfield. But like I said, uh, uh, G, I didn't really get a lot of smoke, man. It was, it was like I was giving it to him. You know what I mean? It was like even right. though cause I, I too much, so it was nothing you can do for me. So it was like it was more or less like they taught me how to overcome the double team. So like I told you earlier, I'm getting double team every game. Right. And so when you understand the game and you playing against double teaming, not that you, you ain't taking every shot, but you making sure you deliver it to the right guy at the right time and you understand everybody's movement. So that game was like, it was like second nature, man. I was seeing beyond what they were seeing. So like I said, mm. my senior year, I put it in third gear because I had the scholarship already a lot. I was trying to help my homies out on the team get theirs off because, you know, I was like, all right, if I'm good, let me help you get yours. But you got right. to hold your own, too. You know, you, so it, it was like, you know, it was, it, was, it was tough. It was tough. Man, listen, you, you held it down, and you was able to still do what you need to do on the next level. A lot of guys become selfish and become so self-absorbed that they still want to get that 40 and 50 just to prove to everybody that they're the best, even though they already got their scholarship. You said something smart earlier when you said you don't Thank have you. to do everything. You don't That's have to right. do everything. So that was another lesson for me. Like you said, in your college choice, you don't have to be at that top 10 school. A scholarship is a scholarship, brother. That $20 bill is the same book over there that is over here. So you've been playing all your life since you was fifth grade. Now you want to go somewhere and you're going to sit on the bench? Right. So my thing was, look. That's crazy. Like I said. That's crazy, y'all. Yeah, so it was, it was, it was, it was, you know, it was a learning decision. Uh, 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 and I use that today with the kids, man. It's not about winning the game. It's about how you look. Because these coaches, at the end of the day, they'll be more concerned with the product. The product got to be right. That's it. Right, right. This is crazy. Hold on for one sec. Somebody keep knocking on my door. Go ahead. Yo. Okay. Okay. Thanks a lot. Go. Right. So. All right. My bad, people. My bad. Had to step up away from the camera for a bit, but I'm back. Um, so, who was your toughest competition? What school gave y'all the most problems? Oh, second. All right. We'll be in touch, right? Okay. Let me later. Thank you so much. Orlando Turner, Springfield Gardens, Otis Fall. What up? What up? Yeah. So, who was the who? What team? Orlando. My man. My man. Okay. Who 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 was your toughest competition out there? Those twins over there in Springfield were tough. <laughs> Robert and Trevor Jackson, 
Really? It was tough. You know, that was the first, the first original Queen Twin Towers. Wow. Got those twins over there. You taking me back now? Okay. You got to, You have a. You have a homie from the project, Greg Fraction, over there at Cardoza. He was tough. And I can't forget my two best friends, Tyrone Edwards and Derek Hawkins, they were the Jackson, where I should have went with them. So we played them once a year in Thanksgiving Classic. That was always uh, staring room only. Everybody hanging from the rafters watching that game. Right. You had uh, Well, if you were with Jackson, you would be one of the three. You go to Hillcrest, you are the one. We would have you got to chase you all over the court. Yeah, we would have did a lot of damage over there. They did, they did work, though, but, you know. When Grammy, you gotta understand, Grammy recruited us three in the fifth grade. We got BS40 in the fifth grade. That first team, wow. that first team we made, because he already had the Edward older brother. Right. He already had, he already had uh, those guys already, so he knew of the, the young crop coming up under. So he came to the BS40 fifth grade like, okay, I'm gonna see you guys in a couple years. And he followed us to junior high school, ISA. But like I said, that, that one decision, man, my brother said, listen, man, you need to go to Hillcrest. So I just went the other way. But but I tell you, man, Grammy was still like a father to me. We still had a time. And he was my coach at Empire State Games. He's a very good man. And my artist, Jamel Powell, played for Coach Grammy. Oh, you played Empire State Games? Yeah, of course. I played Empire State Games five years, my man. I played one high school year, and I played four open years. Let me tell you, my last, no, my first open year. Okay, you ready for this? Myself, Ross Strickland, Derek Chivas, Boo Harvey, Dwayne Martin, Dwayne Shake Martin, Ooh. from above the rim, Ooh. Dow Middleton, Prime Minister Pete Nice, Wow. Yes. The rapper yeah. who played at Columbia, right? Go figure. Wow. Did you play? Say it again. Did you play in Boston State Games? Well, I was waiting to you finish, but I ain't wanna I ain't wanna interrupt you, but man, look, I was shaking my head because remember I told you this now, and I had a little strict upbringing, right? My mother and father had a tight grip on me. So I think that weekend, they had like a, a weekend tryout. And I didn't do my chores that weekend. So I went to the first tryout, did my thing. I, I was a shoo-in. But that second and third tryout, my mom was like, she wasn't going for it. You ain't going. So all that, all that trip, and my, and my best friend, Derek, he made it. And he came back with the bags and the jackets and everything. I was like, oh, man. It was like going to the Olympics. It, it gave you that feeling, right? If you never made it to the Olympics, and the Empire State Games next best thing. When he came back with all that apparel and the trophies, man, I was so sick, man. I was like, but it taught me a lesson. Do your damn chores. <laughs> That's right. That's oh, right. You know what I mean? So. There's a lot of things I miss today, man. I still, you know, give thanks to the Almighty Father, man, that I, I was still blessed to make it to that neighborhood, you know, that raised me. And I was, I was you know, made great decisions along the way. And, and met some beautiful guys, man. This basketball is, is international. 
as well as interstate, man. You, you meet a lot of people. It can take you a lot of ways. You know, I mean, to the league, to, to coaching, to whatever. So it's just, right. I've been blessed, brother. Wow. So this is what I'm going to do, right? It's crazy. Uh, everybody's calling me at this time. I don't know why. Alright, so. <laughs> My man, so you did. Hold on one second. <laughs> you right, old. Y'all did double team. Yeah, I, I forget. <laughs> no what happened? <laughs> now I'm reading the comments here. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So. What's up, family? We were looking at, uh, some of y'all, the guys that you came out with, that class, you sent me that, uh, you sent me that article, right? We talking about, oh yeah, crazy. We talking about Richie Gordon, Sidney Green, Billy Goodwin, Nate Sims, Maurice Sanford, who I hear was a total beast. Come on, man. Bring it. Keep bringing it. Gary Springer, Anthony Brown. Now, is that is that Cosell Brown? Yes, yes, yes. Anthony Brown. Wow, that's crazy. Eugene Waldron. Ooh. Pete Aguilar, Dexter Young, mm -hmm. Rich Richie Brunson, Nigel Wallace, Terrence Lacewell, Ball Williams. Uh, Robbie Brown, Derek Hawkins, and Kevin Williams. Hey, listen, man. Like I said, we weren't even about the accolade. We were just about rubbing the shoulders and getting better. Every way you turn, it was talent. It was right. talent, brother. It was, it was... Look there. Yes. Talk about it. Let's talk about it right now. Because I think the ranking, the whole ranking thing is getting out of hand. And I think sometimes it leaves some brothers or some young brothers and sisters in some form of depression because there's they don't have a number next to their name. Mm -hmm. And I always tell kids, when you watch a Duke game, a North Carolina game, a Kentucky game, look at the end of the bench of that dude that's not playing. Right? And when he came out of high school, he had that letter, right, of intent, that scholarship, those letters coming and going, I'm going to Kentucky. Yo, they love me. And then when he get there, he riding the pod. Hey, 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 hey. And, and I'm telling you, and the funny thing is, 90% of those guys you just named was in the 83 draft. My senior, that's my year. We all rubbed shoulders. And then my senior year in college, that, that, that draft came out, 90% of those guys you just named, that I, I was messing with Stu Granger, Rocky McCray, Sidney Green. Sidney Green, all these guys. Yeah. yeah. That was, those were my neighbors. Those were my neighbors. And Kevin Williams, he was 13 all city and still made it to the league. <laughs> Kevin, man, I tell you, Kevin was the most humblest guy I've met. And like I said earlier, when I visited my first college, uh, Kanishas, they said, look, there's going to be a guy at Kennedy Airport that played for Hughes, and his name is Kevin Williams. And that's when we first met, man, and we've been great friends to this day. Wow. Yeah. So, how was your transition once you got to Rutgers? Because you wrapped college up. You did pretty well. You already signed 11 to 10. You know where you was going. What transitions you had to make in college and what adjustments did you have to make? Well, the first thing was when I, I made the commitment to go to Rutgers, 
and they did come to the neighborhood. They did come to the house. So, <laughs> so <laughs> when the coach came to the house and met mom, they didn't sign that letter, man, it was all good. But um, I committed. But, you know, I still held on to those three shoeboxes full of envelopes. So I want to still brag to my friends and show them other schools. But Brother, I, I, I do that every now and again. These are the last of the letters that I say. You know, I want to keep like the written, right? The handwritten ones. <laughs> everybody gets the generic ones, right? You want to keep the hand, the ones that you know make sense. You know, do sending you Christmas cards and things of that nature. Hey, hey, hey G, you know what I used to do? Even though uh -huh. it, was, it was some postcard that was prettier than others and some envelope. I used to go to school the next day with the envelope, like, and the guy be like, yo, man, ain't you going to Rutgers? Yeah, but, you know, Holy Cross, baby, Holy Cross, you know. But I, was, I appreciated all the love I got from all That's the right. schools, man. And, and, but I can't keep going without saying this, man. Rest in peace to the Godfather, Holly Garfinkel, man. The yes. Father Star, yeah. You know, in, in 70, 78, that summer, Going to Holmes Hill, Pennsylvania, with uh, uh, Antoine Carr, Rocket Rod Forster, uh, 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 Sam Bowie. Uh, uh, it was crazy. And that was the first time in my career I got a little nervous. I got a little nervous because when I caught that bus at the Port Authority and Garfield was in the front row, he said, hey, man, ride with me to the front. And he told me the whole way to Holmesdale. And we got off that bus, man. He said, listen, Rich, you stay in the big bunk with all the superstars. They stay in the cabin. I said, okay. And he had the bull on and said, everybody in the court in 45 minutes. So I go to the cabin. It's only for like 12 guys. It's 12 deep. So I'm looking around. I'm saying, okay, this is tall cabin, Pennsylvania. That's Sam Bowie. This is Cat Rocket Rod Forster, okay. A couple guys from Dunbar, okay. Reggie, Reggie Lewis, all around okay. So now we playing, and I'm saying, whoa. So now it took everything in me, and all the OGs taught me, and I can hear their voices saying, look, go hard. You got to go hard. And, and that was when the first time I was introduced to big-time basketball when all those guys from different parts of the country came. It was crazy that we had at home, them. It was ridiculous. So that was my introduction, man. And seeing all the college coaches of the Polo Church on, you know, UCLA, Duke, and rest in peace, uh, Tom Tachowski. You know, those yes, that was going to be my next question. How important was Tom? Or, or, or how was the atmosphere once y'all noticed he was in the stands? It was like Avenue Costello. Him and Howie had a routine. They had a routine. So Howie was a low talk. We all sitting down. He had about a thousand coaches behind us. And then Howie would pass the microphone over to Kachowski and be like, and all he did was scan the whole crowd and name every coach by eyesight. <clears throat> and we'd be like this here. So it was mesmerizing. So it was one of those things, man, if you, if you had one good day and not even playing the game, 
if you had one good day doing drill sessions, yes, you got a scholarship. Mm. So, so that was my thing. I was good at doing drills and paying attention and, and you know going real hard because one thing the OGs neighbors taught me they said, "Rich, listen, if you gonna make it, you gotta have character." He said, you got to have character because they look at that personalities. And I was good at that. I was good at personalities. So, you know, I play tough D and, and get up in them. I'm doing all the talking. So I stood out. So they taught me well. So there was, there was one guy who followed me around five. So I tell that story, man. They were Art Perry, who wanted to be my coach at uh, Rutgers. But my first school out was UConn. But he was a UConn coach. Mm-hmm. And I think about a month before you know school started, he sent me a, a letter from Rutgers, and he said, "Hey, Rich, man, I got some bad news." He said, "I'm not at UConn anymore." He said, "I'm at Rutgers." I said, "Coach, listen, man. I said you my guy. So wherever you go, I'm going." So that's how he came to go to Rutgers. Art Berry, that's my guy. That's dope. That's dope. So what what was some of the things that you had to learn? You know, coming from high school, coming from Queens. That you had to just be in college now. Well, the most important two things, like I said earlier, was the personality and character. So I had that. So I was good from the gate. You know, my scholarship was protected because they weren't all good guys on the team. Even that guy was in the bench. If he got personality and good character, he's going to be there four years. So I had that part of it. But my thing was, okay, I'm coming from New York. I'm all city, first team. I don't really have a chip on my shoulder. I'm a nice guy. I'm a teammate. So that, that first couple of games, my freshman year, I didn't understand that it was a process where you had guys who were juniors already and seniors. You can't jump the broom, so to speak. So after my third, fourth game, the guys back home called me, like, hey, Rich, how come they ain't in the game? What's going on? How come they, do they know who you are? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know, man. I ain't, ain't getting no burn. So I did something that I should have did. I called Luke Connor Sucker up because that was my first choice also. St. John raised me. I did a camp when I was a young kid. Remember that? So I called Louie. I said, Louie, he said, what's the matter? I said, man, I ain't, I ain't getting no burn, man. I think I made the wrong choice. I ain't, I ain't happy here. And see, I didn't know. That once you commit to a school, they pick the next guy. That's right. And that next guy was Kevin Williams. So they already had Kevin. So I didn't understand that. I, I didn't say, man, this, this rugged ain't for me. I'm going, I'm going back home to Queens. I play in St. John. They, they love me there. My man, Luke Connor Sackler. That next day in practice, my coach called me in the office. And I was like, okay, I ain't do nothing. He said, are you happy here? I said, yeah, I'm happy here, Coach. What are you talking about? I'm good. He said, well, listen, you're only a freshman. Your playing time's going to come. I said, you know. I said, Coach, hold up, hold up. I said, Coach. And you know, I was a good talker, too. I said, Coach, you got juniors. You got seniors. If anything, they got to pay before me. I said, I understand that. He said, don't worry about it. Your time will come. And then he said, Louie called me. No, that go. He said that coach's circle was tight. I didn't I didn't understand the coach of fraternity. You can't take another team's kid without talking. 
He said, Louis called me. He told me you reached out to him. And I, I, I felt bad. I was like, eh. But it all worked out, man. But like I said, it was a learning lesson. And, and, and I started playing. Things happened. God made different moves. You know, the guy who I was playing behind my second year, Kenny Payne, got homesick. So he left Rutgers to go play for UDC at B2 school back in D.C. So that my sophomore year, it was my job, starting job. So things worked out. So Kenny, Kenny Page, where was he from? He's from D.C. So, so, yeah. so when I came to Rutgers, you understand also, and kids today got to understand this. When you get off of that scholarship, you better do your research. Because back then, you just committed. You didn't know who else was coming. They might be four guards on the, on the table. So I, I didn't know. I, thought, I think I'm going to Rutgers. I'm going to start. I get there. It's like four guards. I didn't know. So, and they telling you you the only one. So we love you. <laughs> all you kids out there. You the only one. You the only yeah. one, baby. Do your research. You get there. Hey, it's, it's different. It's a different animal. Yeah. But but you know, like I said, Kenny got homesick, man. He went back, and I tell you what helped me also was the ability to be a combo guard, which was important because there was guys on the team who were guards, but they were only shooting guards, and you only play in one position. Two position. So by me learning to be the point in high school and the shooting guard, I got more more playing time because of that. It was good. Wow. Yeah. How tough was how, how tough was the conference back then? And it wasn't the Atlantic Ten at that time, right? The Atlantic Ten my senior year. My first three years was uh the e, the East Athletic Conference. Right. Yes. I think yes. We, I think we won that my sophomore year. Yes, my sophomore year. Then my last year, it became the Atlantic 10. But what most people don't understand, don't know also about Rich Brunson is that, you know, my, my third year at Rutgers, I had, a, I had a major operation, okay? And I had a benign cyst on my lung. <sighs> and, and that was my junior year where we all came in as freshmen, me and Roy Henson, so by right, our junior year was time to jail. So we started the season out eight and one. We were ready. We beat St. John's. It was ranked like I think 17th. We beat uh, UCLA. It was ranked third in the country. We beat West Virginia. All like a two week span. So they were like Rutgers is here. And after that eighth game, that's when I went down. You know, I had the operation. It wasn't life-threatening, but it was one of those operations where I could have got it done at the end of the season. But having that strict mother, I said, she said, look, <laughs> I called my mother out South Carolina. I said, Mom, listen, the coach said I get the operation at the end of the year. She said, oh, no, you don't. You get that now. So that was it. I played eight games, missed the whole season. I came back probably one game. The NIT played against my boy Steve Burke, Iona. And then we then we uh, we beat them. We lost uh to Purdue. They had the big boy uh, uh Emerson. How how was how, how did you how did you do against my guy Steve Burke? Mr. All Day. Hey. There's a couple guys that gave me a little heat my career. Steve was one of them. <laughs> Steve was one of them. Yeah. I, I, Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas 
was one of them, I don't know why. Yeah, he wanted angels, uh, Indiana, the whole thing, playing Isaiah, I don't know why. And you, and you know MJ, MJ gave it to us a couple times. Michael Jordan, right? Right, right. And it was a guy. So you went head to head with Steve Burt and Isaiah Thomas. And then you had to go head to head with Jordan, too, because he played the two. Oh, definitely. 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 Well, Michael Jordan's first game at the Garden was against us. His first game ever. Rutgers, North Carolina. At the garden. But back then, wow. but back then, you know, Dean Smith had that theory where, hey, listen, if you're a freshman, wait your turn. So you're, 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 that's what you're talking about. Being another horse in the stable. Yeah, well, listen, it's a twist of that story. Now, Mike didn't start the first four or five games. After that fifth game, Dean Smith said, pull that thing up. Get in there, Mike. <laughs> Do your thing. It was over. So that, that whole concept out the window, man. Dean Smith changed all that. Right. Mike, Mike was incredible, man. So it was – but, you know, man, my, my freshman year at Rutgers, man, was uh, – it was crazy, man, being able to play against guys, man, who was older. And you see in the NBA years later, guys like Kevin McHale from the Minnesota, uh, uh, um, uh, Trent Tucker, you know, Randy Brewer. You know, those guys, man, it was just, just. So many, so many, so many great players. Oh, man, it was ridiculous. The great Lowe's Moore from, from West Virginia. You know, man, it was. And then you can't get the homeboys from St. John, man. Those guys were like, you know, we played them uh, sometimes twice a year, once a year. It was, it was great. It was great. Let, walk me through the best game you had at Rutgers. If you can take me through it, if you can remember, what was the best game that you had at Rutgers? I want to say, now I wasn't a big scorer in my career, but I was top in assists behind Eddie Jordan for, for, for several years. But like I said, that one year off kind of threw me behind. Right, right. That junior year, I'd probably be top three right now. But that, that was... Mm. But anyway, I, I want to say probably the NCAA game, my senior year at out in Hartford. We played against Southwest Louisiana, and uh, I was MVP that game. And this is how mm. this is how you know I had a good game. I was MVP with seven points. Woo! Make some noise for that right there. Hold on, I gotta make some noise for that right there. That's a that's MVP, seven points. That means you're definitely one of the most valuable players. No doubt, no doubt. And sometimes the most valuable players don't mean points. There you go, absolutely. That was a big game, that was a big win for us. Big win for us, for the program. And you know, if you're following Rutgers now, they're doing a tremendous job right now with new coach, Steve Michael. But that 83 team was the last Rutgers team to ever with our first game in the tournament. But I think this year they're going to do it. They, they're playing good right now. They're in the top, top 25, so, you know, I'm praying for them to do that. But that All right, let's go Rutgers. Let's go Rutgers. No, yeah, no. Rutgers, all, all, all Seton Hall didn't want to play us for some reason. <laughs> well, I was that failed to Yeah, yeah. For some reason. Yeah. That's crazy. We'll play everybody else. Hey, listen. 
You was there with Tom Green. Let me tell you. Oh my God. Tom Green. I was there with Tiny. Let me explain something to you. Yeah. Tiny is to this day one of the worst coaches I've ever had. <laughs> ever. Ever. And I heard he still hasn't changed. He better he's still allowed to be right in your face. He better not. And be dead serious. Yeah. And lying to you. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm just gonna keep him 100. Yeah. The first the very first game I started. I think I missed like one shot. I had like 25. Did we play against Delaware State? Or Delaware, Delaware University, one of those two. And he comes up to me after the game and he goes, You know we're not gonna let you shoot like that again. I didn't understand. I didn't understand his logic. Yeah. Then he voted and went somewhere else, and then went somewhere else, and then now he's he's running scams out there. Who grew? But hey, salute to whatever you doing, brother. They say he's doing a great job out there. Though. He's doing a great job. Oh no, 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 no! I, listen, this is this is all happened 30, 40 years ago, twenty years ago, ten years ago. Hey, listen. I I want to get my anyway. Long time ago. That was just my experience with uh, Mr. Tiny Green. And, and, and look, my other, my other guys, man, that played there at your school, uh, uh, my little young boy, Charlie Robinson from New Brunswick. And, Charlie Robinson is my guy. That's my real friend, yes. And Damari Riddick. Damari Riddick. Yes. Uh, he went to, uh, and he was one of the reasons why I went to Phil Dickinson, because he was with me at Lincoln. Hey, listen, man, Charlie Robinson. Went to a high school in New Brunswick called St. Peter's, man. They used to come up to Rutgers, man, sneaking out of gym and play the older guy, man, the college guy. He was only like in the in the eighth grade, ninth grade. But he was he was one of those kids, man, that absorbed everything. And I, I never forget, it was one summer, man, I played in the park and then and this guy up at me, man, and, and broke my tooth. So I ran to the hospital, man. And, and a couple of hours later, here comes Charlie into the hospital room. And, and me and him had a close relationship, man. He was my little, my little young boy. I told him a lot. And, and I was like, he bought me a Sports Illustrated book. I was like, look at this young kid, man. So he was big up my man, Charlie Robbins, man. You know? No doubt. Y'all, he's training kids still to this day, man. That's my God. For sure, for sure. So, James Majors, right? Who played at Seton Hall? Yeah, yeah. This is lot and great. He said from '83 to '85, they got five dollars a day for meal money. Five dollars a day, okay. How much were you guys getting for road trips in the '70s? Oh, you played the '80s, right? '80s, right? Early '80s. How much you guys were getting at Rutgers? I'm '79 to '83. More than five dollars, know that. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm saying these guys are in the Big East. Call this mother still that money, right? This is crazy. Hey, listen. I came at the right time, brother. When, when, hey, hey, look. Brownsville greatest, Phil Sellers, that came to there. And, and don't forget, that tournament game that we won in the NCAA, Phil was on the staff. So he was, he was giving some good information on how to maneuver. Right, right. So, you know, I... I we, 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 we did okay. I had a couple of numbers that, that, you know, did the right thing by us, so. Right, right. But, you but know, it wasn't $5. Yeah, but $5, we, we, 
on the road trips, I think it was I can't really remember, but it was you know it, it was it was enough money when you when you got it, you put it in your socks because you want to bring it back. There home. you go. You know what I mean? There you go. It was, it was something like that. It was good. We got another Queens guy in the building. My guy Kenny Anderson. Salute. Kenny Anderson. Oh man. For sure. One one of the best. So, the best. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. So now, you guys, you do what you need to do at Rutgers. Mm -hmm. You guys make this to the NCAA tournament and win Rutgers' only game in the NCAA tournament. Mm -hmm. And hopefully it'll happen this year. Absolutely, absolutely. How was your transition to the real world after you left college? Man, well, first of all, you know, my, my, my last year, it was almost as if, like I said before, man, all my guys, man, that I grew up with, was playing with Sid and David Russell, Sue Granger, Rodney McCray, all of them, man, Greg Hahn, Billy Goodwin. You know, I sat back, man, and watched all of them in the, in, in the 83 draft. And I was like, man, I, I need to be right there. But it didn't happen that way. I mean, my junior year, like I said, I played eight games, but I came back strong my senior year and took us to the NCAA two rounds. But it wasn't enough. So... But my guy, you know, my guy, Roy Henson, you know, he, he made it to the league, so everything was good. You know, I was happy for him. Uh, 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 a couple of years later, my guy, John Battle, made it there. But for me, it didn't happen for me. So as far as my transition, you know, I was still trying to find my way out, that little depression for a little while. But I didn't take it to heart because I knew that that round basketball, man, meant a lot, had different avenues. I knew that already. I had character and personality, so I used that to navigate differently. And, and you know, now I'm coaching, but, I, but you know, I, I own my own pest control company. Uh, got a beautiful wife. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, I, I thought that was very, very dope. I was reading down. I was like, pest control. Like it kind of threw me for a loop. But hey, look, hey, look that, that's that's showing you the character, man. I'm at, I'm at the lab right now, man. So I. In my, in my township, I'm the director of recreation, so I, I run this gym here. And uh, five minutes That's from dope, man. high school, you know, I teach special education, you know, type professional. I coach at Brookdale College. I'm a special education guy, too. That's right. There's a lot going on, man. There's a lot going on. But like I said, I'm still meeting guys today from back in New York. But when my man Ricky said, Rich, you got to hook up my man Glenn because you can promote that college out there in Jersey. Oh, we're we going we to do that in a few minutes. I'm, and I'm going to give you all the time that you need. All right? And I'm going to give you a little spot so I can take that and just promote that piece along with this interview. Uh, salute to my guy, DJ Don DeMarco. I only listen to the radio when my guy's on spinning. I don't have a radio in the crib. So my guy, DJ Don DeMarco, is on spinning. I check him out because that's where I keep in tune of what's going on out here in these streets. Salute my guy. Hey, no. Glenn, hey, uh, hey, Glenn, I, I saw you the other day with that three-ball hoodie. I got to get one of those. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's company that looks out for us every now and again. Okay. And they're doing a lot of good things with the kids. And that's okay. one of the reasons why I promote them, because okay. they're heavy in the community with the kids. And also, we got those game over hoodies as well, because I'm sponsored by... Game over. My guy, Eric Hick. This is his old trophy. Wow. He patented this trophy. Don't it look like us? Yeah. Look. Oh, down. Okay. It look like us. 
Hey, look, man, anything that got New York Dust on it, I'm taking it, baby. There you go. This is what we do. So we try to keep the community oriented. And I tell people all the time, if you see me put my cash, yes, my cash, let me say that right, cash app up. Yeah, yeah. Show us some love. Because only we doing is show love. We're not begging for no money. No. And we will have our own apparel soon. Ooh. Trust me. So when we're doing things like this, let me show you something. So you can't go on all the show. And I'm not going to know the show because you got some guys up there doing some great things. My guy All Things Who. My guy A-Game. Wow. But I don't know if it's coming like this. Yeah. You know, I got pictures here for days that I still got to get the people. Wow. Okay? That's so this is what we do here at Basketball Heads. You know, just a little something different. No doubt. No doubt. Feeling that. I'm feeling that. Hey, and, and I'm about to show yours soon, all right? Because he did a great job with yours. That's crazy, man. Number love. That's true. No doubt. DJ Don DeMarco said, Coach Brunson, Southside Jamaica, Queens, and 40 Projects Legend. All day, baby. All day. All day. See? You have no idea. People showing you love in front of the neighborhood. We got that ISA Legend thing going on right now, too, man. We ready to uh, pump things up, man. Trying to get a game at the Garden. Back to the Garden. Uh, my homegirl. I'm trying to get in contact with my guy, Pete Edwards. I got his number. I got his number. We need to make that happen. Yeah, I got you. I got you. We're going to do For some sure. Yeah, we're trying to get the game in the garden uh, uh, this year, but they shut down ISA on it. So we're going we're gonna to take it to the Hillcrest or we're going to take it to the garden. Let me know. Nope. Let me know. Let me know. You know, if if, if y'all run out of space, maybe I can put y'all in contact with my guy Eric Hicks, who has the side dog. Okay, okay, we're gonna talk. All right, talk. no doubt. So, let's talk about uh, some of the players you help get scholarships and other opportunities in basketball before we get to Brookdale. Man, that, that list is that list is long, man. It's just, you know a, a, a lot of guys, man, from from different parts of New Jersey. You know, not more so New York, but I've been in Jersey for a long time now. And uh, I've been at the coaching game for a long time. So it's pretty much a long list, man. So it's the bottom line is those kids got scholarships. And, and But more importantly, man, they listen. And you got guys, man, I don't know, but it's everywhere you turn right now, man, everybody's training in basketball. Is, is that in New York? <laughs> like, listen, <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to... This is no knock. I'm having some guys up here. I had uh, my guy James Hunt from California. Yeah, yeah, does a great job out there. My guy BG does a great job in New York City. And I'm having Jerry Powell on in March. Mm. Another powerful trainer. Now, yeah, I know there's a lot of trainers out there. But these guys training the regular Joe. And the pros. Okay. And they're doing it the right way. So I, I don't want to throw too much shade in the bar. I understand what you're saying because the era where we came from, we learned from the older gods. It ain't no more that. And now they're different. They don't have that. Kids don't have the opportunity to go outside and play against the older dudes. Hey, listen. For the books right now, man. It's the books. It's the education. So, so I don't care if you're showing a crossover move or behind the back, man. Hey, listen, what good is that kid 
getting a scholarship and he ain't got the grades. It don't add up. But I'm going to besides that, because that's not, that's not the trainer's job. Right. Right? So the trainer's job is to train, and then we got the educators and the parents there to make sure that those kids are getting the proper education. Okay. Well, I, just, I definitely understand where you're coming from. I'm like this. I ain't taking that money if the poor guy said, oh, F. I'm giving it back. It don't, it don't add up. I'm not, I'm not going to charge you all this money, and, and you ain't on your kid going to class. It don't add up. Take your money back. I don't need it. So it's... it's it's priority, and you gotta get, you know, you gotta be disciplined. And this generation today is different, man. It's, it's different now. Everybody got their eye on the prize. They want to get to where me and you been, but they don't want to work hard for it. And working hard means getting that classroom, brother. Come on, you gotta, you gotta have character and personality, man. So it's, I'm just saying, we did, we did a uh, thing, me and my boy Aaron Short. You know, we did something, man, uh, uh, about the, the basketball in New York. Was it changing direction right now and why and how can you fix it and all that? It was like a two-hour show, man. It was great. And, and pretty much there was no answer to it. And we, we, all, we all agreed. It has to start in the classroom, right? Yes. We have those conversations a lot. Um, <clears throat> my God, John Arnold, man, sent a great with the St. Francis college downtown, Brooklyn, he said it starts with the parents. I spoke to Mo Hicks. Okay, Mo. Of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, Rice High School, Brandeis. Say, yo, G, we got to educate the parents. Because in our era, our parents had no clue what the hell was going on. Now, a lot of these parents are hit to what's going on. Right, right. And we start to educate the parents as well as the child, but you got to bring the parent in because now the parent is the agent, the manager, the coach, the trainer, right? So you got to bring the parents in to make sure everybody understands the big picture. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, so now let's, do you have any of the kids that right now, some of the guys that you put that are still playing professionally, anyone that we can name? I got my boy Quincy Dewey coming town. We come back, we work out at the college, we do some good things, Quincy. Uh, Grady Great. Yeah, yeah, Quincy was, he probably one of the best, best shooters I ever saw, man. Grady Great, Quincy. <laughs> if you watch him do that, the first thing you're going to say is, how is he shooting those threes like that? So where is that muscle coming from? It's, it's his legs. Wow. It's his ankles. So if you understand that part of the game, you just made yourself better. As far as That's true. So a lot of kids, man, when I train them, it's more or less like, listen, we're going we're gonna to train for a whole week without the basketball. We're going to sit here and talk to you for a whole week and just make sure I get inside your head mentally first. Because if you can't run up the court in a straight line and you crooked, 
it's, we got a balance issue. Something's wrong. So it's, it's, it's the mechanics first and the mentality before you even roll the ball out. And the OG told me that when I was 12 years old. He said, Rich, listen, if you ain't got the mental part of this game, you ain't going to make it. Because when you meet that guy who's better than you, how you going to act? You going to shut down? Because when you get that court and a jump ball, nine or ten times, you don't know each other. So everybody looking at everybody's eyes. And you can tell a lot by brother's eyes. You can tell a lot. So it's, it's hey, listen, that mental part of the game is crazy. Look at the guys, look at the guys in the league now. Look at the staff and all those guys. They, they got talent, but they got more of this. Crazy. Yo, oh my guy Al Rich said, yo, G, me and Rich have to get together. We are both from South Jamaica, Queens, and we <laughs> both are in Jersey. Al Rich from Rutgers, baby, no doubt. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Say, definitely, God, definitely got to get together, man. Hey, well, God, so we're going to make sure that happens, man. We're going to make sure God's connect. Hey, hey, I, I saw that pipeline in Rutgers, man. I first came there, it's like two guys before me ever from Queens. It was a, a, a Jeff Klein bomb. And Phil Sellers. So I saw that New York pipeline, man. All those guys, man, came through there for sure. That's right, man. Salute, salute, for sure. So let's talk about Brookdale and how long you've been there. And what's the goal now that you're on the show tonight? To all my homies back home, hit me up because I need some players. Brookdale's a uh, Juco school with about maybe uh, 11,500 students. Uh, it's located in Lincoln, New Jersey. And, and trust me when I tell you, we got the best facilities on this side of town. Uh, I see. It's, it's, it's Very it's, nice. Yeah, you see it. Uh, it's like a miniature Madison Square Garden. Uh, the Juco School, you come in two years and, and you fly the coop. But the idea is if you come out of high school and you're not getting that scholarship, plan B better be better than plan A. Because don't go to a school where you ain't playing. And definitely don't go to a, a D3, four-year school because you stuck. So the JUCO route is really a good thing to do. So we're located here in the Jersey Shore area, man. It's like paradise. It's beautiful. Uh, 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 I love it. And what are you coaching? Girls, boys, let them know. I, I coach the girls. I started in 2015, 16th battle, and uh, my fifth season. And uh, this year, I got a couple of girls coming in, man. It's going to be awesome. And we're going to do big things. I got one girl that coming in from Virginia. So I'm really starting to utilize my, my, my facility for the interstate areas, like Virginia and New York and Baltimore, because it's the same situation there. If a kid ain't getting a scholarship in Virginia, he going to the local college. And here's the catch. It's like 40 grand. Brookdale, you're paying about 12 grand. Can't beat it. So financially, it's a good move. And you get a good coach, good facilities. And if you work hard, hey, sky's the limit. But I'm recruiting girls who, who, who want to really get after it. And, and my boy in the Bronx, over there, hostess, coach over there, he's doing a great job, man. He repeated it. And, and I know I got a, I got a tippy toe on him because he's those New York girls. But I'm ready to He's getting them. He's getting them. He getting them. And he got a 6'6 six, six girl. I'm like, what? 6'6. Six, six. But I tell you, Clay, in my conference, you only need about maybe two or three good girls. And that's why they're getting a chip 
three years in a row. I always had three or four good players. And other teams had about maybe one and a half. But this year coming up, I got about five, six. So you know you know what it's all about. I'm good. Yo, my guy Harold McClendon is assistant coach over there at Hostos. He was coaching at Mary Burcham when Epiphany was there. Hey, Glenn, tell me he can't have them all, baby. There's only a 15 man roster, baby. He's nothing, man. Come on. You got to connect now. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to make sure we put out there that everybody know that Brooke Dell is the place to be. Yeah, good. I, I, look, I, I'm going to help you as much as I can. I Can't turn my back on my New York City people at Hostos. But you family, you from Queens, and we got to look out for you. Make sure you straight. No doubt. Hey, look, man. It's a city that never sleeps, that raised me. I can't go wrong, so I'm not even worried about it, man. I know three people over there, and, and, and look, you got five boroughs, baby. Come on. If I can't get three That's girls right. five boroughs, I don't need to be coaching. You know what I mean? All right, brother. All right? Let's, let's do this real quick. Top five players from Southside. Top five players from Southside. I got to go with – I got to go with Tim. Number one. Bigger than life. Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Kenny Anderson. Chibs number one. And he said South Side raised them. He said he first learned how to play over at South Side, then kind of, you know, going back and forth to uh left right. Hey, listen, I've I, I never been around that much, but we talked on the phone a couple weeks ago. You had your head coach drop down at Fish. I know you did a little great job. But I was real good friendly with the cookie. So I got to go with Kenny. I got to go with uh, Rest in Peace, Dave Edwards. From Jackson. Uh, I got to throw Rich Brunson in there. Three. And I got to go with my two homies, man. My two homies. Derek Hawkins and Tyrell Edwards. I got to go with the homies. That's your five. No doubt. No doubt. Derek Chivas from around the way, too, right? Who? Derek Chivas. Bad day. Yeah, Chivas, Boo Harvey, all of them. And look, I think after, after I broke camp, I think that's when Queens blew up. It was like, yeah. Was like the yeah. whole star. That's true. You got Mark That's Jackson, true. you got Skip Malou, all those guys came up, man. So I, my error was like, I put the, I put the pavement down. But those guys. You put them down. You definitely put it down. And it's crazy that you mentioned Cookie because that's what Kenny said to him how to play. Oh, uh, took him to the park. Hey, hey, look. Cookie taught him everything, man. Look. He, and he she never had his hand, held his hand anywhere she went. And, and, and he's coming inside ISA, man, and shoot around. And we all knew. We said, yo, man, one day that kid gonna be, he's gonna be it. And, and hey, look. Wow. And he did his thing. He did his thing. That's right. Salute to my God, cheers. No doubt. All right. Top five players in New York City history. Wow. Yeah, I know this is gonna throw you off for a little. You got to do that one, G. You got to do that. But you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna, Go ahead. I'm gonna, give, you, I'm gonna give you a combo. I'm gonna give you a mixture of old. And we're throwing some new in there. Got you. Number one. I'm going with Joe Hammond. Joe Hammond, the destroyer. Okay. You ready? Yes. Number two. I'm going to go with Fly Williams. Ooh. I never saw him play. So I, I just heard the rumors. Number three, 
downtown Tony Brown, 40 Projects. Mm. What we have, four? Yeah. Okay, we'll put some young boys in there. I'm going to go with Big in the Light, Pearl Washington. Woo! For sure. He the one that kind of make Gene Walter his backup. Mm. That kind of threw Gene Walter's whole career in a loop. Okay, that's four. Yep. I'm going to say the best will last. And he, he's out here in my neighborhood, living out here in Jersey with me. Sweet P. Lloyd Daniels. Yo, tell Lloyd, stop running from the kid. He was about to come on here season one. I got you, baby. I got you. I got you. Then tell him. Be like, yo, pool. He's he going to be like, yo, yo, I don't know. I'm going to go on there. I'm telling you exactly what he's going to say. No, no, I got Glenn. I got him. I got him. I ain't forget. He got one of my tell, kids. Tell, and tell him, be like, yo, yeah. yo, say, yo, Glenn said, you stop sending him yeah. those Bible verses, man. I appreciate those joints. I know you get them, too. I'm, I'm going to call you up, man. He, he, got, he actually have uh, uh, one of my kids playing with him. He got a little, little travel thing called Team Reborn. Yeah. He's doing his thing. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing his thing. Definitely. Yeah, Lloyd Daniels is back. He's back, baby. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Oh, so, man, I, I want to let you get out of here. I want to appreciate you for being on the show. Oh, Thank you for sharing your history, brother. No doubt. No doubt. Hey, man, look. But before, before we go, I want you to save that. Okay. Before you go, I want to uh, show you something real quick. Because my God, make sure We back a few pictures too. I got the Charlie Roberts picture, Charlie uh, Scott picture done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a lot. Hey, 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 Jay, real quick. Ooh. Who that? Who that? Ooh. Who that, fam? Oh, I got to frame that. Wow. Oh, yeah, you better. That is lit. Woo! Okay. Okay, okay. Crazy, man. He told me, man, this was like the real ESPN. I'm glad I'm looking at <laughs> Ricky, Ricky told yeah, me. Yeah, but ESPN don't do it to you like this. Ricky we gonna do it, make sure the frame is right. It's the real ESPN, bro. He said, ain't no chaser, baby. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Basketball heads off. That's what we and, do, and, baby. And, and before I go, quick shout out. To my, my niece down in South Carolina, oh, Phenom, Junior, Dawn Staley is all over her. Diane Coker. Yeah. That What's her name? Cheyenne Say her name again. Yeah, remember that. Cheyenne Coakley. Say her name. I didn't hear you. Say it again. Cheyenne Coakley, South Carolina, my niece. Doing big things, man. Yeah. For sure. Love you, brother. I appreciate you, my brother. Thank yeah. you, man. Be good, baby. All right, peace.